Now, um, many of you are aware that we are about to round up a series titled Silver and Gold on Sunday on the, in our weekend services, titled um, Silver and Gold. And, you know, for, for me, like a few pivotal series, when we get to, towards the end of the series, I, I, I begin to, you know, wrestle and I begin to say to the Lord, did we really get it? I mean, that is we as a people. As in, do they really get it? Are we really just going to move away from here and just dust our books and move straight to another series, you know, as if we are series junkies, you know, just going from one series to another? Or did we really get what he's saying to us? Did we really get it? And one of the um, outshoots of that is, is the fact that you must have heard me talk about um, writing a book on silver and gold, right? It's, it's part of increasing the shelf life of that message, if you will. That, that is, how long will this stay in, in our consciousness and that it will become flesh and blood and it will become our lives, you know? And, of course, every good thing come to, comes to an end, you know that. So, but... We, we want to be sure that when we pull the curtain for the series and we move on to the next thing that God will have us do, um, that we have really imbibed the core of the teaching. That, that is, if, if God wakes us up and asks us a question, or if he, if he takes some spirit out of us to test what is in our spirit man, that we will be clear in our understanding. And so, I was speaking to um, one of my colleagues in, in, in the process of I mean, wrestling with this, you know, and, I, and I was saying to her that um, a series like this was we went through it last year, and that was the the principle of war. Do you remember? Okay. And, and so, so I asked her, okay, what are the 12 principles? I, I should begin to stammer. <laughs> and I said to myself, you know, obviously, then she calmed down, then she, she began to remember them, and, and, you know, and all that stuff. But not so much as in memorizing for cramming's sake, but as in being a part of our lives, you know? And so someone um, sent me a message yesterday. I, I, I'm not sure if yeah, it was yesterday. And um, again, which... It was like, okay, God is re-emphasizing re the same thing, you know? So at Tribe today, we, we are going to just take that series from the beginning 
And obviously, we, we, we can't do justice to it. But the idea is this. We take it from the beginning, and we take where we have questions, we, or where, where you need more clarifications, so that we have a full grasp of it. And, and, and the person says this. I will read, I'll read the, um, the message. And it says, um, good PM, Papi. And I smiled and I said, oh, Baboni. And, and he says, please, I have a burden in my heart. And I would like to tell you, sir. I said, okay, shoot. And he, and he says, it's as regards the new series, Gold and Silver. It's changing my life. But it's like people are not deeply getting it. And I am bothered. Now, the person that sent me this message, you know, I mean, by all standards, I won't say, um, I, I won't say it's lacking, you know. Being conservative is not lacking by any means. So, and it's, 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 it's bothered that, okay, this thing is changing my life, but am I, is it changing? Are, are, this, are people getting it? And I'm like, how did you know what I was struggling with? And it says, um, I've been thinking that are there other ways to communicate it to people so that their lives can be transformed? The body of Christ as a whole is in their need of this message. And I said, mm. this is the proven principles of war, the one I talked about, is one of such. We are supposed to be super wealthy people. People need to get these messages and get them as blood tonic. People are struggling. Homes are scattered. So many vices, etc. And he said some other personal things. Please help his people to really get, may he help his people to really get this message. I'm currently applying these principles in my life and they are changing my life. Thank you. Um, and on, and on, and on. Now, the, the, so, I, I'm saying to, to us today, how many of us have gone back and you've listened to at least one of those messages. I've gone back and I've listened to at least one of those messages. Let me see your hands up. Shut up your hands. Make, please make me happy. Okay. Cool. <laughs> okay. Um, I would say... Okay, I didn't see the people on this side. Okay, you are there. Okay, fine. I, I would say like 20-30% of us raise their hands. Now, What's the big deal about that? The big deal is this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There are some things that don't really come except by repetition. There are some things that we don't really get except by repetition. By repetition. So you may be in a class and, or in a service and you've heard the teaching, you, you think you've really got it and you have gotten something obviously, but when you go back and sit down, God begins to open new doors to you. So I want to challenge us. The message is for free. You can download it for free. So I'm not saying get it because <laughs> we want to make money. No. The message is for free. Download it for free. And listen. 
to it. Praise the name of the Lord. So, I want you to think through this series. If you have any question, you can ask in any direction. And I will also ask you questions to test your depth and your understanding of the series of teaching as, as we go back and forth. Okay, so we started off by laying a foundation in part one. In part two, we looked at silver and gold I have none. Silver and gold I have none. In part three, we looked at the silver is mine, the gold is mine. In part four, we've been looking at part 4A, part 4B, part 4C, <laughs> part 4D. We've looked at um, the principles of silver and gold. And this weekend, we're, we're going to wrap it up. Wrap it all up. So, by way of foundation, we, we explained in 1 Corinthians 9, 8, that God says in his word, what God says to us, that God will generously provide all you need. 1 Corinthians 9, 8. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. So we, we, we see here that, and I particularly chose the scriptures in the New Testament to show us God's heart for us to prosper. Because it's one of the major conflicts of the church. You know, while obviously the gospel is bigger, far bigger than money. Money is just, it's, it's like, um, it's just like saying that the owner of the car and the car. The car is nothing. The car is just a tool to get you from one point to the other point. You cannot compare the person in the car with the car. The same, you cannot compare the gospel with prosperity. Some people say, back in the day when we were growing up, they, they say that money is the bicycle of the gospel. So you cannot compare the person riding the bicycle with the bicycle. Does that make sense? In our time, we would say maybe it's the private jet of the gospel <laughs> at the risk of the controversy that these private jets have caused in recent times. So my point is this, or God's heart is this, that we will not just have enough, that we will have more than enough. Praise the name of the Lord. You see, it doesn't matter how righteous or holy you think you are. If you know and you have tasted what it means not to have enough, and you have tasted what it is to have more than enough, you know, like Paul was saying, you know, that I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Even though he did not tell us the one he prefers, but I will tell you, I know what it is to be in lack. I will say I know a little bit. I will say a lot. And I know what it is to, to, to abound. I will say I know a little bit also. I will say I, I have known a lot. But I know the one I prefer. I prefer to abound. Praise the name of the Lord. Yeah, I am not ashamed to say it because that is what God 
says concerning me. So please ask your neighbor, which do you prefer? Which do you prefer? Poverty or plenty? Now, we, we did say that God says to the Jews in Deuteronomy 18, 15 rather, Deuteronomy 15, 4, that, that, that God says to them that, but there should be no poor people among you. That is, among the, the people of God, there should be no poor people among you. He says, but the Lord your God will richly bless you in the land he's giving you as your own in Jesus' name. And when you fast forward to verse 11, the same chapter, it says, there will always be poor people in the land. So I command you to give freely to your neighbors and to the poor and needy in the land. Wow. So, so God says, on one hand, now, I don't, when you come to God, are you, are you want to come to God for healing, for instance, you don't look at your ailment. You look at your God. And that is how you can receive healing. When you come to God for enlargement and prosperity, you don't look at your challenges and see how impossible it is. You look at how big your God is. Then you can begin to enter into it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, so God is saying, it is, there should be no one that is lacking and, and in poverty among you. He's saying, God's favorite house, there should be no one that is poor among you. And we say, eh, amen. Amen. But the same God says in verse 15, there will always be poor people in the land. Let's chew on that a little bit. I mean, okay. Um, why would God say there should be that is given the infrastructure I have put in place, given the provision, given everything I have in plan, there should be no one that is poor and in, in poverty and impoverished amongst you. But it's as if God looked at the, 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 the people and the situation and said, even though there should be no poor, there will always be poor people. Why? Who wants to help us? Why, why is that? Yes, sir. Okay. Is there another hand there? Yes, please. Because not everyone is going to do what God has said we should do. Because? Not everyone is going to do what God will have us do. Ex even, if it's, even if it's available to all. Okay, just give me an example. So tithing, for instance. Oh, right. There are some people that will still not agree to tithe, even right. if it's very clear. Amen. Okay, so thank you, sir. So let's, let's start for him. Let's start for him. I can see some of you I need to try, but I will overlook that. I, I, let's just keep our focus on where we are going. So you heard what he said. Some of us 
some people, not, not us in Jesus' name. Some people will still not do what God says to do. So God says, I've made provision for this to happen. But some people will still not do what God says to do. Thank you, sir. Yes. Praise God. I Hallelujah. think um, also with reference to that, um, right. it takes a lot, you know, the same way it takes a lot to be poor, I think it also takes a lot to trust God. Just that some people decide to go the other way. I think the same energy, the same negative energy you are using to lack, you mm. can convert it to trust God. Mm. And God's word does not fail. God's word is not threatened by your situation. Amen. You know, I think sometimes we think what we are going through, God doesn't even know. He can't even handle it. But God is the owner. Mm. He's the creator. Amen. You know, he's the sustainer. Amen. We just need to trust God. Amen. We need to trust God. Amen. And you know, I mean, I think our environment, you know, like what we've been learning, our environment, we may need to change our friends. You know, we may need to change the people we see every day that are telling us that, look, no way, oh boy, no way. You know, we should change our friends to people that are telling us, look, this word that pastor has been telling us, this is true. Let us practice it. Let us trust God. Let us pay our tithes. Because I think sometimes we're in the wrong company. Right. And when things don't work, we start blaming the right. pastor. Right. That pastor said, oh, the word said, oh, but are you actually doing what you should do? You know, we find it difficult following instruction. God is a God of order. Amen. You know, things don't just happen. Things, are things happen. Don't, don't just happen. Amen. You have to follow and get the results. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. You know, it's, it's so important. You, you, if you surround yourself with people that are not going anywhere and they are propounding theories, you know, first of all, look at where they are going. You are propounding theories. You've not, okay, I have friends, you know, that are pastors outside of the country, you know, and they try to convince me that God doesn't heal anymore. That the supernatural is not that speaking in tongues cannot is not for our time. I'm like, you speak, you see, you I can't follow you because you've not even been there. So you can't tell me. Do you understand? Somebody is saying, um, this is how Sokoto looks like. But you've not been to Sokoto. You can't tell me how Sokoto looks like. I have been to Sokoto. I can tell you how Sokoto looks like. So we we kind of build theories around our failures. And we look for recruits to join us in our journeys. <laughs> you know, that, that's so powerful. There was, there was someone that, uh, I don't, so, uh, Ms. Arado wanted, wanted to speak, but before she speaks, I, I just want to share this. There's someone that um, I really respect man of God, and, and he was saying that oh, all these things called tithes, false fruits, you know, that is wrong. And I, I shook my head. You know, I shook my head because the person I was telling me, I was, I was telling him that I can tell you stories upon stories upon stories of my life. I'm not talking about what I read and crammed in the Bible. When I moved in a direction, then you are sitting there, you have not done it. And you are criticizing it. 
Well, continue. He should continue in his struggles while I continue to blossom. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> that is how it works. Yes, ma'am. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the living Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm keen into what both of them have said. Okay. God says, give, and it shall be given unto you. Amen. No, there are so many people, even here in the church, yet they don't believe what the word of God is saying. Mm. They will say, give, give what? No, I'm not giving no. They will hold on to it. And they don't know when you are holding on to it. Oh, you are wasting your time. Mm. And let me tell you something, sir. Please, I'm very sorry. There is this man. I knew this man very well. He walks and walks and walks. He wakes up in the morning. He will struggle. And he always has this morning. You know, I tell this man, give, pay your tithe. He'll tell me, eh? what, are we, what are you saying? What do we say? What is God saying about tithe? Uh, don't mind them. They are telling lies. So I'm not going to pay 10 naira. And you see this man keep on struggling and struggling <laughs> and struggling every day. I tell you, pastor, this thing is really burning my heart. For this same person, he refused to change. And look at, he will walk. And yet, if you ask him 10 naira, he hardly has 10 naira. And that is what God is saying. That is why God says, there must be the poor uh, in your midst. Uh, Amen. Amen. But like I said, did they put your name there? No, my name is not there. <laughs> I mean, your name is not there. So, so I mean, it, it is so, so powerful and so, so beautiful what God has in, in store for us. You know? And when he's saying that when God makes those kind of statements, it really bothers me. It bothers me because, you know, but I mean, I'm a pastor, you know that. And one of the challenges of pastors is they want everybody to enter into, you know, into their destinies, into what, that's one of the burdens of pastors. So, so when you have, um, finances is just one example. When you have people that are supposed to be married and are not married, pastors cannot sleep. They are praying. When you have people that should have children, they don't have children, pastors cannot sleep. When you have people that should have jobs, they don't have jobs, pastors cannot sleep. So, I mean, it's, if you want to be a pastor, please come. <laughs> you know, when someone is struggling, you know, because that is the heart and the nature of our calling. And when you, when you see people really now not, okay, I say, listen to this series. It's not very difficult. This man that sent me this message, they say that maybe everybody, there's always a higher level of finances. But, I mean, if he says he's changing his life, then I say to myself, I need to listen to it myself. Do you get it? But as simple as that is, some people will not listen to it. Okay, take the devotional, for instance. At the beginning of the year, it's okay, this devotional, obviously you can use every other devotional, but 
make sure you use the fresh fire. Because we are part of this church and God is taking us on a journey. Some people will not. Service and be people. They say, no, 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 no. I don't have to use that one. If I, I can write my own devotional. It's foolishness. Total foolishness. Take another example. Um, commonwealth. We said commonwealth, right? So, and people are subscribed to give to commonwealth. And that's fantastic. You know, some people are happy that finally I'm going to get some coins and some shishi. Now, listen, if I'm, not, I'm not talking down recipients of commonwealth. That's definitely not. I'm just saying that this heart that says I have to receive, give me, give me, give me. It's a poverty spirit. The heart for greatness says, where can I give? Where can I give? Where can I give? Now, when, when I was um, years ago, when I was in the particular phase of my life and things were really, you know, challenging, and there was a program like Commonwealth, obviously it wasn't Commonwealth, you know, it was, let's just say, an opportunity to give. I could easily say, oh, I should be on the receiving end. But guess what I did? I said, while I will be grateful to receive, I have to give. And guess what? I disposed of things to give. Why? Because I need to reposition myself. The hand that gives, they say, is where? It's on top. But if you have the, the mindset of, oh, they are not taking care of us. Oh, they are really taking care of us in that church. Oh, you need to come to that church. They are taking care of Either way is wrong. <laughs> wrong, long term. It's okay for, for short relief. Yes. But that is not the mentality we see in the world of God. Ah, praise the Lord. And we've not even scratched it. <laughs> ah. So we see that there is an operating system, so to speak. Of wealth. There's an oppressive system, we, we use that the term to affect how we think, how we operate, how we make decisions. So, regardless of the financial position of certain people, they will always make decisions in certain ways and they will always prosper. And regardless of the financial position of certain people, they will always make decisions in certain ways and they will always get into trouble financially. So, we, 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 we said that how we think our genetic makeup, as, you, as it were, as we later began to describe it, it's our nature. It's totally important. We shouldn't even 
venture into this matter of wealth without going to the roots of our makeup, our genetic makeup. It's just like if you have a phone, someone said, like a, um, a joke on, on um, one of my colleagues and, and, and said that, that he got an iPhone and he kept charging to 103% or something. Then the iPhone 7 and he rebooted with Samsung logo. <laughs> you know something is wrong with that setting. <laughs> something is totally wrong. So the, the, the genetic, the operating system, the OS, the phone is running, predetermines what can run on it. The genetic makeup, you know, that's why the, the Bible says that whatever is born of God, sin it not. Whatever is born of God does not continue to sin. Why? Because the seed of God is where? It's in him. So the, the, the operating system a phone has predetermines the kind of apps that can run on it. The operating system, your computer have already excludes some app applications from running on, on that computer. So, imagine you now want to install an app that will only work on Android on your iPhone. Will that work? No, it will not. And we explained that that is how God wants us to be. Obviously, in every other area, but since we are zooming on, 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 on financial prosperity, in that we have a seed. So, when we take any other foreign idea, or foreign app, app, it will not install on our phones. Our, our phones will reject the app. So God wants us to revisit our foundations and set up our operating system in a way that there are certain things that will just not grow there. And we explained that that is the major difference between a Jew and a typical non-Jew Christian. A Jew believes that he's special. He believes that he has a covenant with God. And he believes that the covenant with God trumps his environmental factors. The Jew believes that it doesn't matter what the world economy is saying. He will prosper because his reason for prospering is not based on the indices released by the statisticians. It's not based on the GDP. It is, it is, it, the, the Jew actually believes that some things he has no portion with. We have to get our thinking to that and screw it down with that. And, and, and we explain that the environment, the nurture, actually can affect or corrupt nature. Onion, they said, 
that onion was actually not designed to um, irritate the eyes. I mean, did you know that? I didn't know that. You know, I have never known. If it doesn't irritate, it is not original onion. It's the one that when you cut it like this, you are crying. Yeah, that is onion. <laughs> but it was shown that <clears throat> onion can retain its flavor, its crispness, all the things it does without tearing the eyes. And the only reason it tears the eyes is because of sulfur in the soil. So when you take away the sulfur from the soil, at least in the quantities that is required, you can actually breed onion that will not irritate the eyes. So, so what, what, what the conclusion of that is this, that even though there's a genetic makeup of onion, the environment enters into it. And for those of us in this part of the world, the developing nations, you know, they are very nice. You don't want to call us underdeveloped nations. <laughs> Calling us developed nations. Developing. Or we are developing in Jesus' name. Uh, we are developing. Where were we in, in, in 1980? Where are we now? We are developing. We really are developing. <clears throat> Our environment the major challenge. And if God is going to raise people that will change the nation, and I believe that very strongly, and they have to be people that can be in the system but will not allow the sulfur, the corruption of the system to get into them. So, we have people that in Heathrow, on a flight to Lagos, they will kill you up. And they are orderly. And these same people enter the same, the same people enter the same um, vessel. He leaves Heathrow, he gets to Lagos. The same people, it's impossible to get them to kill up. Why? The same people. Who can help us? Why? Why is that? <laughs> why? 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 <clears throat> Even though that's not the question I wanted to ask. The question I wanted to ask is a follow-up to that, but, but why? Who can help us? Why? Why is that? Why does that happen? Maybe it will even lead to the question we, I wanted to ask. Yes, sir. Yeah, um... We believe especially like a place like Lagos um, is a typical place to use because it is often said that when people are coming from any part of Nigeria, once they get to Bega, the boundary, they put up a thinking cap because this is Lagos. And that's why they come on say, they will say it's Lagos, you know. You don't know every other thing that are attached to it. That's, they've shown you Lagos. It's to show that you are new here. That the way things are done, you know, people <laughs> believe that's Nigerian mentality. That if you are not smart, then anything can happen to you. Right. Okay. So it may actually be a legal issue, right? That issue of disorder. Well, okay. 
There's a hand there at the back. But that, that will be true because, you know, I, just to buttress what he said, when I was, I was spending some time in the north, you know, when I come to Lagos, it's as if everything is in a hurry, unbelievably in a hurry. And I'm like, did I grow up in this city? But give me two days. I don't know the difference anymore. <laughs> I've joined the rat race back then. Yes, please. Praise God. I think it's the conditioning of the environment. Okay. Because the nature of people is to do things orderly. Our bodies are made to respond to certain systems, respiratory system, reproductive system, digestive system. Right. So even from creation, things are running in a systematic order. Right. So when um, someone from Lagos finds himself in a place where there's a system, we right. tend to align. That environment conditions an alignment. Right. But when, the, you find, when people find themselves in an environment where there is disorder, the conditioning of that environment, especially if it has... If, if, it has, if they've been more exposed to that environment, tends to overpower the orderly system. Okay. Thank Please. you, Asalami. I knew you were going to talk. I knew you couldn't resist it. You have been fighting it. You have been holding it back. <laughs> there you go. Shoot. Thank you. Pastor, you're not going to let me say what I want to say. <laughs> you have the mic, so how can I stop you from saying what you want to say? Um... I think this is deeper than Lagos and London or America. There are a certain set of people, irrespective of where they live in the world, hmm. for them to follow instruction or to follow orderliness is just beyond them. It's innate. The gene is just beyond them. When you find the people of our own nature who grew up and they've been there for 200 years, generation over generation, hmm. they still behave like us hmm. as we do. But it's just because there's a bigger system than the environment that suppresses their innate behavior. And that's why they don't behave that way. Now, if you, if you draw the bell curve, you always find 10% on this side, 10% on this side, over there and here. Right. But generally, people that are like us, I don't, I, I don't want to say more than that, are just not deserving. Who are they? Who are they? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, you, you know, there are some, there are some um, black people that are racist. I don't want to say more than that. <laughs> Pastor Gina is borderline racist. <laughs> borderline. It's not, not the full racist. He just doesn't like black people, but <clears throat> he's even blacker than I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I really... Yeah, I think um, some time ago I read in the book uh, where the author was um, defining culture, and he said, the culture in any environment is, uh, is defined by what is rewarded and what is punished. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that is actually what explains what happens abroad and what happens there. The same people at the airports where they believe if you don't join the queue, you, you may be thrown out of the flight. But here, if you, join, if you actually jump to the front of the queue is when you get on the plane... Yeah, and everybody will be like, that's the sharp man, because that's what's rewarded. And you roger the important. person in front, that's the official. And he says, Ranka Shidere. Okay, thank you. I mean, so, okay. I was going to ask my question, yeah. But go ahead, yeah. Praise God. 
Okay, so my belief, uh, the answer to that question for me is that it's just when in Rome, behave like the Romans. And something happened recently at work. So I work in an organization that runs tests, runs international standard tests. Right. And some, my colleague told me that some Asians came in to register for that test, the test of English. And after they registered, they then asked the front desk officers, is there anything like special center? Is there anything we can do? These are people who are not naturally in Nigeria, right. but maybe they've heard that in Nigeria there's anything always, goes. There's always, there's a, always way out. a way. There's one corner somewhere. So they believe. So they are not even. <laughs> but because they know, they believe that when in Nigeria, this is possible. You can get away with it. And so they were asking my colleagues, "Is there a special center? Is there anything?" We can, can we pay for something? All like, oh, my colleagues said, okay, if you want to buy the book for it, buy it. And there's nothing else you can do. So it's just conditioning that when you're in a certain place, these are the rules you follow suit. God. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you very much. Um, let's clap for everyone that has contributed. You know, um, you know it is it's so, so um, important you know, that we understand all the things that have been said. If you, if you listen to what Pastor Jilly is saying, yes, the black man has a peculiar problem, you know, and it's, it's, it's a mentality problem. Of course, there are exceptions, and those exceptions are from God's favorite house. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, um, you know, there was a, I, think, I think I did a series some time ago on the curse of the black man, the curse of the black man, and way, way, way back, from scriptures, actually. Now, the, yes, the black man has some fundamental foundational issues. But you see, when we come to Christ, it should be a totally different ball game. And the challenge is that most of us don't even know who we are. So because we don't know who we are, nothing changes. So, which, which brings me to the second, my question, my main question, I mean, um, which is this. How can we be in a system that practically institutionalizes backwardness and make you look, at, look like something is wrong with you? If you want to do something right, how do we make sure that that system doesn't get into us and corrupt us and normalizes us? How do we keep pushing the envelope? How do we keep our cutting edge, if you will? How do we be in the world and not be of the world? How do we be in Rome? And not be a Roman. Who wants to help us? Yes. Um, I think you started answering the question yourself. Okay. It, it is for us to know who we are. The first thing is, the only reason you won't get corrupted is if you know that you are of a different country, world, place. You know, so that grounds you and you look at everybody and you're like, okay, you, you might think I'm stupid, but I know who I am. I know whose stock I am. 
And the second thing I think is, um, Pastor Nina said it earlier, you need to surround yourself with people that validate what you're doing. Right. Because I, I don't think everyone and every black person, and you said it yourself, is bad. Right. I think that um, the society validates some bad behavior, but in there, there's still people that have values. And they're, they're not that few as, you know, it's just that they're dispersed. So if you connect yourself to people like that, evaluate. so there's a community of people that do the right thing, and they know that it's right to do the right thing. And that helps, I think. Amen. Thank you very much. Let's start for her, for her contribution. Anybody who, who can help us? Or, or somebody from... Then, okay, let me, let me hear what she has to say. So I don't preempt her. Yeah, go ahead. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, I think, um, just like what Pastor said, we have to know who we are. Then I think for me, you know, we're children of God. And I had to look at people because I really had this challenge. There was a lot of pressure at some point. You know, there's no person that has two heads. Everybody is a human being, you know. And first of all, we are accountable to God. You know, I mean, we should not be afraid of a man that can just kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Absolutely. I, I take it, you know, very seriously. To me, it's a matter of life and death. It's a matter of life and death. Because I'm, I'm giving account to God. It's not just your pressure. You right. know, you're just man. Right. If, if God does this, you can just sleep right. and not wake up. Right. You know, so I'm, I'm really confrontational with it because I found myself in a place where I was, you know, oppressed. Somebody actually came to me and was requesting for a bribe, right. you know, in my office and all that. I told him, I said, Oga, Oga, it's me and you here. <laughs> but let me tell you something. This may be my business, but I'm accountable unto God. Amen. And I'm accountable to my pastor, to my children, to my husband, Amen. to people that I lead. I say, go and tell the people that sent you that I am not giving any bribe. Amen. You know? So, I mean, it was, it was, it was, you know, he couldn't believe it. I said, right. go and tell them I'm waiting. You know? So, you know, those kind of things, they, they, they are bold to sin. You should be bold to be righteous. Amen. 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 You see, <clears throat> And, and, and therein, lies, therein lies the key. Because why are we living as though we are citizens of the world? Why are we living as though our life ends here? Why are we living as though somebody can determine our eternity? Why are we living as though if a man says this is how far we can go, that's how far, how far we can go when it's not God? You know, a, a lot of things are coming into... It, I mean, I'm, I'm actually... I'm almost exploding right now. It's just... I'm just where we're going to go from. So many things. We have people that want to oppress you. Why can't you stand your ground? Why are you afraid of dying? Don't you believe in heaven? Why are we afraid that a man can take away our, life, our livelihood? Don't you, haven't you read that promotion does not come from the east? 
or from the north or from the, from the south, but from God. It is God that lifts up. So, where does your God come in? Where does the culture, your culture, the culture of your kingdom come in? In Matthew 6, 30, 31, that we read in, in that verse 1, um, in the first part, rather, it says, it says that, don't worry about what to eat or what to drink or what to wear. The people who don't know God keep trying to get these things. If that is what you keep trying to get all your life, there's no difference between you and people that don't know God. That's what, that's what Jesus is saying. He says, your father in heaven knows you need them. So he's saying, you have a father and your father knows your need. Your father in heaven, which means he's it's, limitless. But seek first God's kingdom. His kingdom and his righteousness. When, okay. And all these things will be given to you. Seek first God's kingdom and what he wants. Then all your needs will be met. Seek first. So, you know, so we, we have an environment that says, oh, you know, I've had many situations where people say, hmm, this is Nigel, you know, you are in Nigeria. Just, you know, do this so that you can, you know. This is how it is. But the question is, when everybody fits the mold, who is going to stand for God? And God is saying, God's family house, you will stand for me. In Jesus' name. If you look at how sometimes subtle people try to make us not to function from the culture we are from. You know, we are from a kingdom and God is, and that is where the oppressive system, you know, things come in. We are from a kingdom and the kingdom we come from works in a certain way. You know, when I speak to, I was speaking to a pastor friend of mine, you know, on, on Sunday and I'm, I'm glad for him because he's it's, it's, it's finally gotten it. But you see, we have mutual friends that keep saying, oh, this is where we are. This is, you know, that's the challenge of our location. You know, you people, you are privileged to be in that location. We, we are in this location. When people begin to talk like that, they, they will die of poverty. I'm, I'm sorry, because that's how it is. When we begin to say, oh, that is how our, uh, that's how it is. Oh, you know, Oh, things are just... Oh, you people are just very lucky, you know? <laughs> very lucky. Go down the road and see another church is this same lucky location. Praise the name of the Lord. 
then you will know if it's a lucky location or not. The mind has to change. The, 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 the culture, you need to bring the culture of the kingdom of heaven into. So, my friend, we were talking on Sunday, and I was asking, you know, I, I heard this happen to you. I heard at, at some point, you know, um, <laughs> some of you know the story, you know, you, you, you turned your back on, you know, on someone that, you know, potentially would have given the church a large sum of money and consistently and, you know, and you, you were still meeting in hotels, you know, I mean, you were just going from one venue to another and you would have gotten plots of land, you have gotten, there was no promise of this land we are sitting on. There was no promise of it, physically. physical. How did you turn your back and say no? And I said to him, it was actually very simple. He says it was, I said yes. I said, how how was it so simple? I said, I made up my mind before I started. You know, when you make a decision, Prior to the temptation, you've already solved your problem, at least most of it, if you abide by your decision. But at that point of temptation, it's not when you begin to crack your head. No, 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 no. It is settled in my mind who Jesus is. It is settled in my mind who owns the heavens and the earth. I have no doubt. The last time I checked, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. In fact, I was tempted to go back and check, is it still there? <laughs> I saw it, my mind went, Kule, don't worry. Anyone that wants to walk away, let them walk away. As long as God is with you, as long as God is with me, we will take the world for Jesus. Yeah. End of story. End of story. We went through times when we, 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 we arrived at the venue that we paid for. Yeah, okay, it was postpaid, but it was we're paying every week. But that we locked down, so to speak. And they would tell us that, sorry, you can't use the place today. But if you like, you can check out the boys' quarters. And we are like, okay. There are times we'll go from Sunday to Sunday to Sunday. But how come we didn't doubt? It's simple. It's because it's, we didn't have faith when we got the land. We saw the land before it came. And how we were, we were behaving as if we owned something, which we actually own something. Even though we have not seen it yet. Praise the name. <laughs> when you have people that, uh, that consistently want to put pressure on you to do things or to be regularized. Uh, I was speaking to someone in, in church here and, and he was telling me how members of his, you know, how his in-laws are not happy with him and his wife. You know why? Maybe let's just assume he was a minister. I'm not saying he was a minister, but let's assume he was a minister. They say, when you were a minister, you didn't give us contracts. You didn't say to us. So, now, 
you are not a minister anymore. We will show you pepe. I'm like, I mean, and these people are Bible carrying, probably tongue talking, I don't know. And it is like, so when, you, when we, we had a mentality of chop, I chop. Chop, I chop. It has to end with us. Praise the name of the Lord. It has to end with us. You know, I, I, I remember I lost a friend years ago when um, the governor, some new governor in Lagos State came in. And that my friend, the governor is his cousin, you know, and he said to me, Ah, it's our turn. You know, I'm like, our turn for what? He said, Didn't you, didn't you hear who has won the election? He mentioned this. I said, I, I know. He bears your name. It's my cousin. We went to here and they were selling me all sorts of things. And so it's our turn to eat. It's our turn to eat. By the time I finished with him, I can't, I can't remember the last time we spoke. Now, a typical, how they want us to think is, I should be happy, right? And I should feel privileged. I know I have one link to the governor, right? So I should be thinking of how, me too, I can chop. So that the chopping can go round. <laughs> you know, now, is there anything wrong in using your network? No. Is there anything wrong in, if you have value to add, in, you know, using, no. That, that's not what I'm saying. But when the primary thinking is because I bear a name, even though I have nothing to put on the table, they have to create something for me. Because it's our turn to, to chop. You need to start seeing yourself differently. You need to start. That is where your deliverance starts from. You need to start seeing yourself differently. I am a Jew. I am a Jew. I belong to the kingdom of heaven. I belong to the kingdom of God. I am a Jew. Do we have any questions? I think we should um, pull the curtain here for time. I hope this has helped anybody. <laughs> you know? Do you have, do, is there any questions? Let's, let's raise, raise your hands if you have a question. Okay, there. Is there, is there a hand there? Is there a hand? Is there another hand there? Okay, so let's go. Another one there, yeah. Praise God. Um, it's on the issue raised earlier on about giving and how, okay, so the, there's a principle of giving. So when you give, you receive. And we're talking about how some people might not get it or they would always be poor because they may not give. But in situations where people actually do give and they don't directly see that principle work out. So they give and they actually don't receive. Is there something wrong? Is there something missing somewhere? Because I feel like that might cause people to 
maybe lose faith in that principle and just believe that it doesn't work. It only works. They are just giving us tales uh-huh. that it works, and they've not seen it work. And so, is there something wrong? Yeah. Well, it's 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 it is absolutely impossible to give and not to receive. Really, technically, absolutely impossible. You see, the challenge with us is this. Many times, we approach God as if it's a jackpot. You know what a jackpot is? You put in a coin. You expect... God doesn't work like that. You see, when you give to God, when, particularly when it's born out of a relationship with God, you are opening up a channel of relationship with Him. It's a walk with God. And God will take you through your own path. Everybody will have their own, their own path. There were times and seasons in my life that I went through that, you know, that because of some wrong teaching, you know, which I embraced at the time, that once I give 1,000 naira, I will wait for 100,000 naira. Why? Because Brother A gave his testimony that he gave one, his own 1,000 and he got 100,000. Ah, ah, 1,000 already. <laughs> Where is the 100,000? Now, now, maybe in my work with God, God is dealing with me with lust. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with pornography and God is saying, you know, you need to get rid of that. But I've given hundred, and God is saying, remove pornography from your life. And the person does not. Because it's a work with God, that harvest, God may choose to delay it. Because he knows if he brings the harvest, hundred thousand dollars, he's going to buy pornographic material. So, so he says, mba, mba, mba. Let me, you see, God is more interested in who we become than what comes to us. Than what we get. So, when you give in in a relationship with God, it opens a channel of walking with God. In fact, if you check scriptures, everyone that walks successfully with God, they are perpetual altar raisers. They are perpetual sacrificers. They are perpetual givers. Why? Because it's a journey which, you know, at a point when God is working with you, is dealing with you, is removing this, is removing that, is chiseling this, is chiseling that, you are responding, you are responding. There's a time that boom, 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 harvest will be meeting, harvest will be meeting, harvest will be meeting, harvest will be meeting, harvest. And before you, before you finish harvesting one, the one you sold has come, you know, to, it is a process. And it's like priming pump. You know, when you have pump, when you have um, a borehole or some reservoir of water and you want to prime the pump, you know you need to pour water to prime the pump, right? So when you pour water, you pour, sometimes you need to, before it begins to, but when it begins to gush, if you stay in the flow, you are in the flow. But you see, the challenge with some people is that they give, they get to the flow, but they carry all the buckets. They go and enjoy it. Then the tap has stopped running. They say, ah, okay, let me give again. Do you understand? You shouldn't work like that. You should maintain 
the flow. Does that help you? Okay, excellent. Yes, sir. My question is, um, how can we still maintain our standard as believers? And this is what I mean. Um, in the place of work, we have consultants that come around to do training for us. Right. And in the process, they made mention of uh, what we call workplace politics. And I discovered that this is very prevalent. You know, like any little thing, you run to the management, they report, implicating and indicting others. And <laughs> in some point, you know, at some point, trying to maintain the standard that I'm a believer, I can't do such. You know, the focus is now on you, that even if there's uh, a general meeting, they're always eating at you, as in throwing things at you, saying things that are not good about you just because you don't play along. So as a believer and as, as a member of God's favorite house, what do we need to do to keep that line? And when we are facing all these challenges, we still maintain our relationship. Okay. Thank you very much. That's a very, very good question. Um, I'll recommend you um, read Daniel 6, you know, and, you know, God says that there was, a, there was a spirit of excellence in Daniel. You know, if we actually embrace and, and, and assimilate God's spirit of excellence, we become above board. Even Daniel that had the spirit of excellence that was above, above board, they still found something against his God, you know. But they stood his ground and they were offered to lions. So at the end of the day, if you remain above God, above board, sorry, God will fight your battles. So just focus on the spirit of excellence. Focus on being aligned with God. Of course, you have to be wise. I mean, if you have to make friends with your boss, if you can, I'm not saying you are reporting or, or, or butt licking. You know, if you can take him to lunch, take him to lunch. You know, I mean, just, you know, just try and be friends with him. It's wisdom. But you will not go and, you know, start destroying other people because you have a relationship with him. No. Um, does that help you? Thank you. Number three, then we take four. Yeah. Good evening, Pastor. Good day. Like for me, um, I'm a tailor. So, a couple of places where I work, the reason why I normally leave is because my colleagues, for instance, if the boss is not around and somebody brings alteration, normally we're supposed to give the money to the boss. Right. But my colleagues, at times, they wouldn't want to do that. And I don't know how to go about it most time all the time i always leave right but it's always painful when i leave so i <laughs> <laughs> so i want to know what i can do that will help me still reduce the pain yes and still <laughs> keep working and okay you know the fact that it's painful also means that there's something in you that needs to die yeah it means that god needs to take it away. There's still, it's paining you because there's something in you that's feeling entitled to that money. Right? So, it's just like saying you, um, you said hello to somebody else's wife and it's paining you that you can't sleep with her. It's paining you. What's paining you? <laughs> something is wrong with that. You know? So, my point is this. The money is not yours. 
Is it? When you do alteration, is the money yours? Money. It's about keeping the job. Because... Oh, I don't get it. Yes, it's about keeping the job, not about the money. What do you mean? For instance, if they collect the money, I won't want to tell the boss. And okay, if just, I tell just, them, they won't stop. So I, I just, have just, to quit. Just let me, let me understand this. You're a tailor. You work in an organization. Yes. When customer comes with alterations, yes. um, you should, like there should be a change management process where you report it to the boss, to the yes. system, and yes. it's taken into the system, and it, it is built from the system, right? Yeah. And you do your work as a tailor, and yes. you get paid as a tailor from the system, and you don't get something extra for that work, extra work. No, not something extra. The boss is not around. Normally, my colleagues, they want to use the money instantly. But if I tell them, at times, we end up fighting and all that. So, but if I don't want to tell the boss, I just have to quit. So it doesn't continue. Okay, so what you are struggling with is you the replying, job, keeping the job. You um, reporting your colleagues yes, or not. The, that's yeah. what you are struggling with. Yeah. You are not struggling with you collecting alteration money. No. That one doesn't pinch you. No, no. You are no, sure? No, no, no. Okay, okay, fine. Uh, so, so we are cool. So what, is, what you are struggling with is you being the one to report, you know. I think you should just do it once and leave him. He probably knows. If, if he's a boss that knows what he's doing, he probably knows. So if he chooses to run his business like that, that's his business. But if you come in contact with it, you report it once. Oh God, this is going on. I don't want to be a part of it. Please do something about it. If he doesn't do something about it, and they, they continue to do it, it's not your business. Just do your work. Do you understand? If he does the business like that, that's his business. Thank you. <clears throat> yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, I wanted to have uh, the first question you asked. Okay. That uh, there will always be poor people in the land. Yeah. So uh, I would say there are some people whereby Jesus Christ came to separate them from the world and they just knew to him. It right. is probably like they might be poor. Right. And also because they need to gain ground uh, with, in, the, in the Lord. Right. Then they need to like try to uh, pray and try to do some work for them to right. in the land. Right. That is part of it. Okay, so you're saying that um, <clears throat> based on certain spiritual consecrations, some people need to let go of pursuing health, um, wealth and you know, material things so that they can focus on spiritual things and absolutely, I mean, I've told you my story before, right? You know, I mean, so, but, but the bottom line is this. If God has called you to do that, God will sustain you. Even if he's sustaining you day by day by day by day. You may not have a million naira in your account, but you have bread on your table to eat today. You are grateful. You move on tomorrow. So if that is the case, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Wealth is not necessarily I have X amount in the bank. I am in sync with God in supplying my needs. This is what he believes is mine at this season. We are cool. We are good. Are you fine? 
Okay. So such a person is not poor at all. Such a person is not poor. Yeah. Um, yes, sir. So we take I need to know one and two and we are done and three and we are done. One, two, three, we are done. Yes. Yeah, Pastor, just a, just a comment and I appreciate if you can lay more emphasis on it. Especially for the young people. Um, during that teaching, I think it was last week, not this Sunday, the Sunday before, and you made mention that um, where you are today is based on what you have done in the past. Right. And also you went through the ecclesiastes that talks about you know, the sweet is not, is not always, always win the race, but they win most of the time. So young people need to understand that you are in school, you are not being the best, it's going to tell you in the future. Right. You are a young man, you are not learning trade, you are not doing anything. There's no way you are going to be wealthy except you steal. Right. So the foundation that we lay today is what we are going to reap tomorrow. So young people need to understand that. It's not about, uh, well, you're going to give money today or you're going to give something to somebody. You need to, you need to develop yourself. You, you, made, you made mention, you said that um, um, opportunity comes when we are prepared. When the two of them meet, that's when you get into you know, right. process. I just want you to lay that emphasis Absolutely. for the young people. Absolutely. You see, when sowing is not always about sowing money. You know, when you're a student and you, and you are reading and you sow yourself into your development, that is, that is seed time. Because there's a story of one boy, one person reading, and he goes and he sees his friend that refuses to go to secondary school at the time and was a petrol attendant. And the petrol attendant guy has a TV, has games, has, you know, nice jeans, the beautiful things that he wants and his parents can want afford. And he sees his friend that is a petrol attendant and he's like, what am I doing in school? This is life. But maybe family discipline, he stayed the course, went to school, finished university, you know. By the time he was done and God set him up, the guy that is a petrol attendant was a manager at the petrol station. And because what else can he become? So at the end of the day, it was like night and day. So he sold, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. So he paid the price. Sowing is paying the required price for your desired future. That's sowing. Thank you. Um, yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, Pastor, I want to just say this to help myself and other people also. Uh, what about if the boss in your organization, the owner of the company, lies? Hmm. Now, let's say you, you want to go do something that right. he's sending you and you know that what he's writing on the invoice or something is lie. What are you supposed to do? <laughs> So your girl, they lie. <laughs> so, well, what you do is you should pray first, then seek to have a 
one-on-one -on -one conversation with him. Talk to him in a way that you honor him, but you disagree with this, and you don't want to be a part of it. Now, that may mean losing the job. That's why it's called straight and narrow. And few find it. But it doesn't have to mean losing his job because, hey, you don't know what God has in store. I've given you my example before, right? My boss, immediate boss at the time, resigned. The unit I was in was responsible for like 80% of the revenue of, of the whole organization. So when my boss resigned, the uh, directors of the, of the company felt that, hey, Femi can do it. However, if we tell our partners, our foreign partners, that this guy has resigned, they may panic. And there are other people that wanted to steal that partnership away from us anyway at the time. They may panic because, I mean, they've known him, blah, 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 blah. So they said to me, when they call you from Brussels, just tell them such and such a person has been moved to another part of, of the company. He's still with us, but he's in another department. You know, I, it's, it's handed over to me. I'm your man. You know, that sounds like a good, I mean, that, does that hurt anybody? <laughs> and, and I said, of course, that's not a problem. I, I left the office and I went downstairs. You know, and I sat behind my desk and I could not work. And I was troubled. I was like, Femi, you know, that's a lie. So you are going to, and I struggled. It was not easy. I went back upstairs. I wanted to knock on the door and my hand could not knock. I, 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 I was there, I, can't, I don't know how long. I struggled, but I knew I needed to obey God. Okay, like Pastor Nina said, hey, who am I going to offend here? Am I going to offend God, or am I going to offend my nice boss that has taught me worthy of this prestigious position? So I chose to obey God, and I knocked, and I entered his office. I was like, okay. <laughs> Have they called you yet? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm, I'm just here to say to you that <clears throat> I didn't remember what I said. But bottom line of what I said was that I was not doing. And that you shouldn't think I don't want to do the job. I want to do the job. But I want him to trust me that by the grace of God, this business will not crash. But I will not lie. And it turned red. I thought I lost the job. Lost the, my job. It turned red. He walked me out of his office. And he became the elephant in the room. And he didn't talk about it again. And I didn't talk about it again. And they called. And I told them, he has resigned. I'm your man. This is the next, these are the next steps. Blah, 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 blah. And they were happy. And by God, the business even went to the next level. Because... Yeah, because we had Nigeria alone at the time as a region, and it was expanded to English-speaking West African countries. So, could I have lost the job? Yes, and that's the reality. 
but I will have been grateful to God that I chose not to obey man and disobey him. But did I lose the job? No. In fact, we became very good friends. And today, that my boss is a pastor. <laughs> He's a pastor. <laughs> yeah. So, Pastor, what you are saying is, I have to talk to him. Example, I'm, I'm not the one. I'm just saying it. So, <laughs> which means... <laughs> but the way you have pitched it, eh? you are, you, you are a collaborator. Uh-huh. You are just a delivery boy. Is that what you are saying? You, are not, you don't know what is the letter. You don't know what is the... No, you know, if I know. You know. <laughs> I know. Let's say I'm the one to do the job. And I know exactly this is not the figo. Or this is not what we're supposed to, to change. Then you have to do it. I need to tell him. Yes, you need to step up. Yeah. I must tell him. <laughs> Thank you. Again, the, the word of God says that the eyes of the Lord looks to and fro the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose what? Whose hearts are totally loyal to him. Why don't you use your life as an experiment? This is what I decided to do. I, I said to God, I want to, I want to test if following you completely we won't yield anything. Let us even use me as an example of what it is to follow God. I think I'm enjoying the ride. Glory be to God. <laughs> okay. Um, finally. Good evening, Pastor. Hi. Um, I read something today, and I've, I've always known about it, but I just saw it better today. I read that Jesus was coming from somewhere. I think he was fasting, and then he saw a fig tree, and he, he wanted to see whether he was going to get something from it, a fruit, and he didn't get any, and he caused it. And right. it was stated there that um, the fig tree, it wasn't the season for it. Right. So I, I began to think about it deeply, that why would... Jesus, you know, expects to get a fruit from me. Then when it wasn't the season for that victory again, and it just occurred to me that there are times that God, we want you to do something, maybe to give at a time that you feel is not convenient, a time when you feel you don't have. That was what occurred to me at that time. So as we're talking about giving again now, and tightening and all of those things, I would like to, apart from that, is, because that thing really bothered me. Why would um, Jesus cause that tree at that time? So, does it relate to that? If it does not relate to it, what other things does that mean? Uh, I think you've answered it yourself. Right? So, you are right. So, sometimes God requires from us, in season and out of season, He wants us to be fruitful. So, it's a big statement Jesus was making. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. Father, we thank you. Help us, Lord. 
to become all that you have created us to be. And let your name and your name may not be glorified. Father, we pray that the words we have heard today will only strengthen us and empower us to fulfill our destinies in you. That none of these words will stand against us, Lord, on Judgment Day. In the mighty name of Jesus. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Oh.